0: Locked On Big 12,
1: your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here today on the Locked On Big 12 Podcast. On today's show, part one of my crossover with Chris Gordy of Locked On SEC. In the first part of the show, Chris and I discuss the Supreme Court, NCAA case, and NIL and how that's going to impact schools Right now, part two, we'll get into NIL and also college football playoff expansion, but right now for part one, just NIL and Supreme Court stuff. Hope you guys enjoy. All right, a little off-season crossover, although it doesn't really feel like an off-season crossover right now in college sports. Uh, I am Josh Neighbors of Locked On Big 12. He is Chris Gordy of Locked On SEC. Chris, it's it's June twenty second and usually like nothing's happening. Uh we got a college world series. We've got NIL coming in about nine days, football's about a hundred days, and the NCAA is currently in the Supreme Court right now, too. So I mean, uh just a standard off season, right?
1: Yeah, it's uh look, there's a lot of things that that we knew were gonna be coming within you know, the next handful of years of college football, we knew the NIL was coming of student athletes getting paid. We knew college football playoff expansion was coming, but I don't think we we knew the Supreme Court stepping in and ruling that the NCAA is a bunch of frauds was coming ahead of the NIL decisions. And this is very intriguing because it, it's starting to lift the door on the restrictions of student athletes that have been told for years, you can't do that. You're a student athlete. That's an improper benefit. You can't do that. You, God forbid, you want a car at a golf tournament? That's, that's you know, you can't have that. And now they're starting to go, hey, NCAA, stop being big-bag bully and look out for the guys who are, you know, bringing you millions and billions of dollars.
0: Right, and, and so the Supreme Court is where we have to start. So um, basically, the Supre- and you you and I were talking before we started this, People don't really understand what's happening, and that's totally okay because it is confusing. So, to my understanding, uh, there is a case that went to the N- that went to the Supreme Court involving the NCAA that the court upheld nine to zero, uh, which is, I mean, you know, we talk about the current political landscape, and this is not; these are not political podcasts that we do. But nine nothing in any political setting nowadays is rather uncommon. Now, would you agree
1: with that? <laughs> yeah, I think it, it, it's interesting because I was talking about it with my wife. She's way more cued into politics. And she said there, there's a lot of 9 0 decisions that don't make headlines just because it's not big. But typically, things that are very, um, you know, like, very like opinion, like we're going to have an opinion one way or another on, those are ones that are usually like split votes or 7 2. But I agree with something like this for the Supreme Court, who. Their main job is to just interpret the Constitution. It's not to have an opinion on things. But when they come out and say, yeah, the NCA has had a bad business model for years and mm. it's time we start doing something about that, that's when you know it's serious. And so basically the decision that they made allows schools to provide their athletes – and this is where it gets interesting because how do you interpret this – quote, right. unlimited compensation as long as it is some way connected to their education – Leave that up for interpretation. Yeah, and, you know,
0: this is – so, like, it's funny because a few years ago, they – I think it was actually within the last 10 or 12 years, right? They went with the unlimited food plan because – was it um, Shabazz Napier, who I think was at UConn and said, like, yeah, I go to bed hungry some nights. Right. It's like, wait, what? Like, (laughs) this guy's, like, arguing with the best guard in the country and he's going to bed hungry, and then they changed that rule. But, like – and so – things that are tied to education just to to let people know that would be stuff like um, books. That would be things like, uh, you know, meal plans, right. They can have as, you know, if it's on campus dining, they can get as much as they would like. Um, I would assume probably gear is going to fall into that as well. The interesting part is that, and kids always mention this, they're given per diem, right. You know, when they go on the road or whatever, or, you know, and, and actually not even always on the road, you know kids are given a per diem they they get money and sometimes it's actually like physically cash I like you know it's they, they give them money to go buy food whatever it is that technically speaking is under the education banner right i mean is that how you would you would view that because that to me is you know look if, it, if that's the case then yeah that's where they could start actually just
1: giving them more money in that case well the big thing that that I know they brought up multiple times is paid internships is a thing that right. apparently they couldn't do before. So if like Google mm-hmm. wants to step in and say, hey, during his junior year, we're going to sign Trevor Lawrence to a Google internship and he's going to do some social media stuff for us and all this, that they can now do that. And again, I back I backtrack to, you know, I know some older football players who back in the day used to work jobs and like the NCAA is like, no, you can't do that. Like that's just—it's right. insane that they like told these kids, no, you can't go earn money. Um, you know, but but yeah, I think it it gets really tricky because you know we made this argument today on, let's say you're a kid who doesn't have any transportation, and you go mm-hmm. to school. Well, if the school buys you a car to go to class, technically that is for your education, right? It gets you to right. class. So like, there's just so many categories here that. Open up Pandora's box where like the NCAA is going to have a hard time uh, validating some of this stuff. But I will say like a friend of mine who played in the NFL, I remember he was telling me when he was in college, he was going home for Thanksgiving break. And he only lived a few hours away and he was driving and he saw one of his buddies and he's like, hey, man, you going home for Thanksgiving? He goes, no, man, I'm from I'm from Michigan. I, I can't afford a plane ticket back home. Those are the scenarios where the school absolutely should be able to step in and buy the kid a damn plane ticket to go home to see his family. Like, these are all the common sense things that have come up through the years of college athletics where it's like, what are we doing here? Why is this not okay?
0: Quick pause in the action. Today's Locked On Big 12 podcast is brought to you by our friends at betonline.ag. You guys know the deal. BetOnline is the best place for all of your sports action needs, Whatever you want to bet on, they've got it there at betonline.ag. Go there today, make an account, use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, and you'll receive a 50% deposit bonus. What that means is if you deposit 100, they give you an extra 50 to play with, 200, extra 100 to play with, so on and so forth. So right now, once again, betonline.ag, promo code LOCKEDON, on. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts
1: Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Well, it's it's interesting you mention that because we think you think about you know the official visits like they're able to pay for paper right on transportation right. But when the kid's actually on campus, oh no, we can't be doing that anymore, right? We can't we can't make sure this kid can get home. And you know it's it's a great point. And uh, we think about you just there's so many ways you can think about the way you know the way they can make life better for the, for the student athletes um you know and I, I always feel weird just using the term student athletes too i will say what's really interesting that the paid internships part is really intriguing because you think about i mean some settings in which the kids i i forget the exact rules do you know what the exact rules were for like paid internships for student athletes what were they or at least what are they
1: I mean, as far as I understand, it, it wasn't allowed, right? I mean, that's what this is going to lift the lift the ban on. But you know, I, I mean, are there a lot of what is this? Way, are there a lot of companies offering paid internships? I mean, the in, when I was in college, the internships I did were were all unpaid. So um, yeah. they're going away, Chris. As, as somebody <laughs> who just who just interned
0: in college recently the, the the unpaid internships are going away.
1: Yeah, I, I just it if a kid wants to. And this is just the hypocrisy of the NCAA, and this is why the the, the NIL is going to be a big, such a big deal. Is if anybody wants to pay a student student athlete to do something for them, there should be no restrictions on that. Somebody brought up a great um, comparison years ago. They said, you know, if I'm a, let's say I'm a chemistry major, and my chemistry professor asks me, hey, could you come over to my house this weekend? I have some. Some paperwork I'd like you to do for me and some projects to work on, and you go over and that professor pays you, you know, two hundred dollars in cash. Says thanks for your work. That is absolutely fine in the eyes of the school. You make that kid a football player. That is absolutely <laughs> abhorrent in the in the eyes of the NCAA, and that's where the the real contradiction is. Is that. The NCAA wants to blanket these student athletes and particularly football players is, is what we go to right. as the as the go to so many times. But we want to consider them, oh no, they're just a student athlete. They're just like all the other students in those classrooms. But yet when it comes to things like that, we come, no, they're separate. No, they're completely different. That's a different, a different mindset. And it just becomes, man, this is this is a long time coming that this all needs to change.
0: One more pause in the action today on the Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. You guys know we've been talking about RockAuto for a long time, but they are just such a great sponsor and such a great place, guys. If there's something wrong with your vehicle or something needs to be replaced or you want to upgrade, rockauto.com is the place to be. When you choose to go with rockauto.com, you spend up to 30, 50, and maybe even sometimes 100% less than you will at other places. For example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from a chain store. At rockauto.com, it's just $216. Rockauto.com is a family-run business serving people online for 20 years. Anything from carpet to tail lamps to motor oil, you can find at rockauto.com. The prices there are always reliably low, And the same for pros and do-it-yourselfers. Go to rockauto.com today. Uh, Check the How Did You Hear About Us box. Write Locked On right there. That way they know we sent you. Amazing selection. Always low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. Today's Locked On Big 12 podcast is also brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar's got nine delicious flavors Available for your consumption right now. It's coconut, coconut, almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. Go to builtbar.com right now to read more of their nutritional facts. Get more information. 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and more. Uh, Good and good for you is what built bars are. Go to builtbar.com. Use the promo code locked15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D one five locked15. And you'll get 15% off your first order promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. Well, and it kind of of gets to the NIL conversation. And really, the part that people have to keep hammering home is, and this is why I think think the NCA, while it is, it's going to take a while for it to go away, but it could, is that they're so ill-prepared for this. Yes. Like, they are, I mean, I'm not sure if you saw Mark Emmert's statement the other day about NIL and how he wants, you know, he's like, I want the schools to handle it. Like what? Like this is, this is <laughs> how you want the schools to handle it individually. I, I mean, and the fact that, you know, I mean, everybody in Congress, you know, who works around um, kind of the, the, like the people who I follow on the political side that have picked up this now, uh, you know, this kind of story and stuff. And the people also I follow in the college sports who have gotten into this world, everybody they talk to is like, yeah, this, there's no bill that's going to get passed by July 1. Right. Um, I'd be shocked if it, if it gets the floor by July one, just the way that those schedules work. You know, it's, it, I don't think they're like, just because you guys are having an issue right now in a crisis does not constitute us needing to get a jump on uh, you know, change our schedule around so we can get the NIL bills on, on the floor. That is, that's the big part is that the NCA was, I don't think prepared for this, for this decision. And, or if they, uh you know, if they were, they, you know it's not sounding very good. The public statements aren't sounding very good. And also the NIL, like they clearly spent way too much f- time fighting it and not realizing they were on the wrong side of a battle. They were going to lose. Right now. I will say this, your, your conference, the Southeastern conference, a lot of States have gotten a jump on this and done a very good job of getting laws through uh, so that their States are going to be in good shape. I think how many sec States have it?
1: Is it uh, Texas just, just jumped on board. Florida was one of the first ones to do. It's going to be a good bit of them. I, I think, I think by next week, I think at least the majority of the SEC states will, will be on board. Now, I think – I can't remember if Georgia had, had – Georgia was trying to put some stipulations on it, right? They were saying, um, like, yeah, you you could get, it was like, you could it get could be, the money, but the money goes to the school, and they're like, the wait The school wait, could
0: wait. take 75% of it. <laughs> yeah. And I think – Georgia, the University of Georgia was like, we are not going to enforce that. Do
1: not worry. Please do not worry. Well, and and, and then they had the big defensive end from the state of Georgia last week, just committed to USC. And it's like, and he says the main reason he committed to USC is for name, image, and likeness in California. Mm -hmm. It's like, man, what are we doing here? So yeah, this thing is going to get out of hand. I, I just like, I have some buddies who are actually getting into the business of going to work for these companies that are going to work with the student athletes. Now I wanna I want to be careful how I word this, because they're there to make money, one, obviously, but two, at least this one company that my buddy's going to work for, they're there to work with the student athletes. Basically this is the gist of how it's going to work. They're like a um a marketing agency and they're gonna sign up a bunch of athletes in different college towns to their to their service. And it's gonna be an app. And then what can happen is businesses can go to the app And look at the different athletes and their prices and decide what fits them most. So it's like if you're a local burger joint and you're just looking for, let's say, you know, you want to look at one of the wide receivers or defensive linemen. Well, this defensive lineman, he's a huge burger fan. Well, for 500 bucks, we can pay him and he'll do an Instagram post for us saying, man, I love Freddy's Burgers. Those are the kind of things that are awesome. Like, those should absolutely be available for these student athletes because everybody thinks of like the whole, man, somebody's going to give them a million dollar endorsement. No, nobody's going to get million dollar endorsements. Like, that's stupid. That's crazy. Even like talking, some guy's doing like, oh, he's going to do commercials and all this. Like, uh, nobody's going to do commercial shoots and all this. It's
0: not going to be the Coach O'Car commercial. Yeah. This is not what they're going to do.
1: That's so over the top and out there. But what is realistic is, these kids' platforms, their social media platforms where they have Instagram. And I mean, like Trevor Lawrence, let's just say last year, you pay him to do a TikTok video. Like, that's something he can do in five minutes, promote a product, and boom, it's out there for everybody to see. But my biggest concern in all of this, Josh, is, like, who polices the, the money for these kids who are, like, 17, 18, 19-year-olds who have to deal with tax ramifications, Is the school responsible for that? Is the outside talent agency open? Like, there's so many different ramifications here, and this is where the NCAA is failing the student athlete. You should have put something in writing, something out there, some kind of guidelines, some stipulation to say the most you can earn in year one in NIL is $50,000. I know that sounds crazy, but, like, cap it. So there's no, like, craziness here where these kids end up signing all these stupid deals. And you know what you're going to have out there is you're going to have people taking advantage of these kids. You're going to have kids not getting paid. You're going to have kids not, you know, getting paid. Oh, we'll pay you some now. We'll pay you the rest later. Like, there's just so many different avenues of darkness and bad things that are going to open up to this that I think a lot of people aren't even thinking about. Well,
0: and I I think, you know, this is where conferences like the Big 12 and the Southeastern Conference, not the actual conferences themselves, but the schools are going to be leaders because I can guarantee you there are institutions – That are considering the exact questions you just made, and they are staffing themselves accordingly. Uh, I believe that the University of Alabama is probably staffing themselves accordingly. Your Florida's, you know, I I mean, I I bet every SEC school is. And if they realize they haven't, they're going to. And so part of this to me is trending towards something, and this is actually the idea that I I don't always, I work with Barrett Silly, I don't always agree with him on a lot of stuff, but I do agree with him on this the idea that kids should be allowed to major in football. And like the, the idea being here is, you know, not if, look, if if you can be like Josh Dobbs of Tennessee and go be an aerospace engineer, go do that, that, please, (laughs) uh, by all means. But, you know, I think they should teach kids, Hey, how to parlay your career as an athlete into a job. If that's something that you're interested in, you know, so I would say like marketing, right. And, uh, I think something that should be required at this point is personal finance. You know, yeah. I, I think that's definitely something that should be tied in. Now, all the athletes should be taking personal finance classes, especially if we're allowing student athletes to be paid now. I think that's a hundred percent something that should be required. Uh, why wouldn't it be? And then also, I think things like that app you're talking about, well, kids are going to learn, right. How to market themselves better. Yeah. because the, You know, they might be losing out to somebody else, at you know, a different school or whatever it is. So I think there are a lot of opportunities to have the kids learn like, how to be a, you know, a working adult, as opposed to, you know, us just kind of running with our heads cut off being like, what's going to happen? What's going right. to, I think really, there's actually opportunity for like personal growth and for kids to find ways to make money and to extend stuff. And oh, one more point on the million dollar thing that you mentioned on the whole, yes, I think they're going, I mean, not a sign million dollar endorsement deals. No, but like I think about somebody like Paige Beckers who. If you think about college basketball next year, like in men's and women's, she is the most popular, well-known college basketball player starting off next season. Might not be at the end, but like everybody knows who Paige Backers is, you know, you know what I mean. So, and she's got three hundred thousand followers on TikTok and however many, you know, a bunch on Instagram. Those people, I think, you might see some bigger deals. But on the whole, no, because I mean, who is the biggest college football player heading into next season? You know, who's the most well-known player? I mean. Spencer yeah. Rattler, like I, I wouldn't. Yeah. You know, Rather Rattler in the big Twelve, million
1: dollar deal, probably JT Daniels <laughs> in, in the SEC, Georgia quarterback, Matt Corral. Yeah, and they're not like
0: known quantities, like personalities. Trevor Lawrence, like, you know, as a freshman, won a championship, long gold locks, face of college football. You know what I mean? Like just it was just, you know, it just naturally happened. That stuff does not always happen. So I, I think you're right on that. We're not going to see a bunch of one million
1: dollar deals. being well, signed. Let me ask you this real quick, because, again, this is this just goes into trying to figure everything out. Uh, the Oklahoma softball team—they just won the national mm-hmm. championship. Let's say a local grocery store in Norman, Oklahoma, wants to have the whole softball team out to sign autographs, yes. and they're go- and they're going to pay a lump sum five thousand dollars. How do you divvy that up? <laughs> you know I what I mean. Everybody,
0: well, everybody, if you're going to buy the whole team, everybody on the team has to get an even way. So, you know know I mean? the
1: trainers—do they do they get to be part of it? Coaches? Well, I mean,
0: the, like the athletes themselves. So just the See, players. Are you, are you are you paying for the? Well, I mean, I guess you'd work out to say, hey, look, we want the players to come and sign autographs, and then you'd probably negotiate something separate.
1: Pairs. So the third string catcher makes the same as the starting pitcher?
0: Well, if you're asking, I mean, you could ask <laughs> for like five
1: players to come out, right? But you know see what I'm the, saying? Where like, there's so many layers to this and with well, no guidelines. I understand that. But how do we figure this out? Here's the, here's the thing is that, look, it's gonna end up being, like,
0: it. it's, it's like any kind of capitalistic type thing, I guess you could say. Like especially, I mean, we're going to add regulation, right? That's that's going to happen. It's just it's natural part of it. Flaws will will occur, and the market will kind of correct itself in the way it usually does. Now the problem is, is that we're going into this with the least amount of regulation possible, right? So <laughs> it's, it's, it is going to be chaotic. Yes. Now that does not mean it's a bad idea. I think there's I think there's a lot of that out there where it's like it's going to be the wild west. Well, it's not the players' fault. You know, like, like once these athletes are getting paid and, you know, there might be a, a skirmish in the locker room because sure, you know, people are like, what happens if one player, you know, gets this and one player doesn't like, I'm sorry. It's kind of the way it works and people will work it out. You know what I mean? I don't think it's going to be a huge issue down the road a whole lot, but I think we shouldn't misconstrue like the lack of regulation or, you know, or kind of the fear about what's happening here as it being a negative thing. It's just something that's going to take adjusting to and It's going to work itself out. Maybe you don't share that same sentiment, but that's
1: kind of how I feel. No, no, no. I I, I think it's great, and, and and it's absolutely needed. I mean, we've had you know Johnny Manziel and Tim Tebow were two of the biggest I think in in recent years in the SEC. That I mean, the the money they could have made was endless. I mean, when you think of A and I mean, he would have
0: been a millionaire.
1: Yeah, from from a you know he, he would have been a millionaire. The now. majority <laughs> of Aggie boosters and and fans work in the oil and gas industry. I mean, they, you got people that make millions and millions of dollars that would have paid, you know, thousands of bucks for just Manziel's autograph, let alone. I mean, the chance just to be associated with
0: him. Right. That's cool. You know what I mean? It it was so cool. And I mean, you know, if if we get stars like that, those kids are gonna have a chance to make money. And I think about it like this, you know, the way I look at it is that, you know, I sometimes believe that like running back, like Ezekiel Elliott, people forget like the one year where he went bananas in the playoff, he actually had to go to college one more year after that. (laughs) <laughs> and you think about it like this, like those guys have such a short window in their lives to make, make money playing football. I'm glad that we can now make that window a little bit longer. Uh, I, that's how I look at it for at least football and, and pro athletes in general, like by the time you're 40 uh, and hopefully, you know, that that's, you know, for most people that's less than half your life or around half your life, you know, that that's the ending of your ability to make money. For most people it's before that. Sometimes it's, it's the age of 30 when you're done making money for that. So more than half your life's going to be spent not playing a sport. I think it's really good that we're giving these kids the ability to maximize off their abilities and talents for as long as possible because I think that's just good, especially for, for sports like football.
1: So just to go just a little bit deeper into this, how do you see this working? Because everybody's talking about using this as an edge in recruiting. How does that work recruiting? A lot? Like Nick Saban obviously that has has a huge Alabama fan base, but are we to assume he's talking to a business – that says, "Oh, if you sign that running back, I will absolutely, you know, sign him up to a sponsorship." Like, how does that work? So I think it's
0: gonna it's gonna be like, look, you see, like all of our offensive linemen uh, are, you know, are doing ads for the same pizza place. Like, you know, you know what I mean? It's like, all right, the wide receivers are with the, you know, this is just an example. The wide receivers have this. I'm using Missouri examples. Harpo's Bar and Grill. Uh, let's see. The linemen are Shakespeare's Pizza. Uh, the tight ends. Or campus bar and grill—they're—they're they're going to do the advertisements for the dollar burgers and fries on Sunday. Yeah, I think there's a chance of that, and this is where the regulation comes in, right? We can't have deals being worked out beforehand.
1: Um, now, even though we've had illegal instances of that happening for years in college sports,
0: exactly but I—Reggie
1: <laughs> Bush got really, a house, right? Right. Which
0: also, have you been? Have you? Are you? Kind of side note here. Him being in the Hall of Fame, like, he should be in the Hall of
1: Fame. The idea that Reggie Bush shouldn't be in the Hall of yeah, Fame. Yeah, the, the fact they took away his Heisman is so stupid. We saw him raise no. the Heisman trophy. He was the Heisman winner. Like, say whatever you like, want.
0: What won. does a car have to do with him? Yeah,
1: he won Heisman. the Heisman. Like, forget. <laughs> two
0: totally unrelated things.
1: But I think, so,
0: the, the the part where you're talking about, I think is really interesting because I'm not saying I have a suggestion how to regulate this. But when I go, so, say, you know, I'm going to Alabama for a recruiting visit, part of the visit is absolutely, absolutely going to be – Sitting down with a marketing strategist and them, them showing me the potential deals or the deals that have been made, or you know, what places I can do. You know, they, they might just say, you know, an hour-long conversation, they can say, What do you like? What kind of food do you like? You know, <laughs> what activities do you like? Do you like laser tag? Do you like go-karts? Yeah, you know, do you like mini golf? And all I mean, all those, you know, you've been to a college town, the college towns have all of these things, you know, and that and more. So that is my question: is okay. How much of that is allowed? How specific can you be on a recruiting visit about the opportunities that are going to be presented to an athlete? If that makes sense, so I think you're exactly right on that. And the the NCAA, who is, I mean, just horrible at regulating everything. Uh, like, let's be honest, like they, they don't even want to find out when people are doing stuff wrong, I mean, right? You know, you know what I mean? Like they don't. I mean, Will Wade is still coaching basketball. Sean, Sean Miller, hey, now still coaching basketball. They don't have proof, right? And, you know, and it's oh yeah, it's it's unbelievable. So. <laughs> You know the question is okay. What to what extent may you show the kids the opportunities um, before they sign up? Because the 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 part where you have a problem is it's like yeah you know whatever this is you know this place for a year we had an athlete make a uh, ten thousand dollars for this pizza place you know what I mean doing Instagram ads or whatever that that's you know and then he might go to Florida and say okay well in, in Gainesville I can make twelve thousand a year. And that's where you might get that happening.
1: Well, but- I think I think what you make a good point when you started talking about Sabin in a meeting and brings in a marketing person. I think at least with the big dogs, like the Big Twelve and like the SEC, you're gonna see those schools bring in and hire people that are gonna oversee these things. I mean, you already have your compliance office, but maybe it's a branch off from that. Where you bring in somebody who's the head of marketing, who is now, you know, and I'm not talking marketing on the sales side for the for the, the stadium. I'm talking marketing on the side of the players working hand-in-hand hand with the NIL. And I think the big dogs, like we said, like the SEC and the Big 12, they will have that advantage. It's the smaller schools that may be a little bit behind the times when it comes to that sort of thing.
0: All right, that will do it for part one of my crossover with Chris Gordy of Locked on SEC. Part two will be coming in the next couple days. Also, an episode with new Locked On, well, once again, Locked On Big 12 conference dad, Stephen Simcox. Uh, He and I will be discussing College World Series coming up later today on Wednesday. So that will be out too. A whole lot of content coming your way here on Locked On Big 12.